Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome in to 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Creaseman, and I am very excited to continue talking Colorado Rockies baseball with you. I thought maybe I'd do a little CBA update today, but nothing really concrete to talk about since the last time we chatted. Just saw a tweet from Evan Drellich, one of the reporters who's been really fantastic and on top of all of the reporting coming out of this. And he just said, you know, the the players are still trying to figure out how to respond to the owner's proposal from Saturday. And I thought, you know, how about there's a response. <laughs> there's, I could have, it would have taken me a lot less time, but you know, we'll see They're They're going to, I can't, they're going to come back and say no, uh, but we'll, we'll obviously they'll try to make like a counter proposal. Right. So we'll see what happens. Uh, as I've said before, the minor leaguers are going to get screwed no matter what. They need their own union. That's really unfortunate and disappointing. But I do want to focus today back on the Colorado Rockies a little bit. After the extension of manager Bud Black, I ran through, you know, basically his career and what he's done thus far and and what I think of the man and, you know, what I think the Rockies can do with him moving forward. And I figured we would do something similar today with the front office because as much as people get rightfully very frustrated with the Colorado Rockies front office. I feel like the conversation has gotten really super bizarre to such an extent that like they revamped almost the entire front office over the last year. And yet there are a lot of people out there who, if you ask them would say, Oh, nothing has changed. And while it of course remains to be seen whether enough has changed and that's always you know, going to have to play out on the baseball diamond. That's just how that goes in pro sports. They're going to have to prove it by being a more competitive baseball team. You cannot argue with the fact that they've got a new GM. They've got a new head of R&D. They've got all of these other things going on that I'm going to dive into a little bit more deeply here. And so I figured it would be in everyone's best interest if we work from a common set of facts and recognize what has changed and see if we can then pair that against whether or not we believe it's making a difference. So let's dive into, and Bill Schmidt is somebody we're going to be talking about a lot, right? So while, yes, that's obviously the big one, and I understand where people are saying it's an internal hire, he's been with the team forever, and we could go back and forth a little bit on you know, being the director of scouting and being the general manager are very different jobs and you know but I understand people who were especially thrilled with the fact that the Rockies didn't go outside of the organization for a new GM all that said again we'll have a deeper version of this conversation I'll just preface it by saying Bill Schmidt is his own man and let's see how he operates this thing the rest of this however 
I don't think you can spin as anything other than good news. Like I'm a, I, I try to insist on a kind of consistency and a kind of fairness and out of myself, I mean, and sometimes out of others, I'll, I'll admit, but it seems strange to me because I feel like for years I've been hearing people more or less rant and rave and hey, I rant and rave too. We all do it, but that the Rockies need to get fresh blood, that they need to care more about their analytics departments and that they need to be essentially sniping talent from other successful organizations. And checkmark, checkmark, checkmark. The Rockies have done all of those things. And I feel like there's been this total lack, and I get it. No one's going to be super excited about the new R&D guy when Nolan Arenado and Trevor Story and John Gray are all out the door. But as we try to clear our eyes and, and think a little bit more objectively about the future, this stuff really does matter. These kinds of things can oftentimes be huge franchise shifting situations. So let's talk about the first guy here who kind of checks all of these boxes in one, right? And and this was the first big hire that Bill Schmidt really made as the new head of the team. And as the Jeff Breidich era was coming to an end, not just with the departure of Jeff Breidich, but a lot of other people that left. And, you know, there was this idea, this quite frankly, preposterous idea that the reason the Rockies didn't have an analytics team in 2021 was because they just don't care at all about analytics. And they didn't care enough about it. And I've written this over and over and over again. In fact, not only have I written about this and talked about this for years, I've directly brought this up to the Rockies front office. And I've only, you know, been given a handful of times to ask Dick Monfort on the record questions. And I would say 80% of mine have been about the analytics department and putting more resources into that. So this is something that's I've always thought is very important. It's number one on the list of things. If I was in charge of the team, you know, if you gave me my top five list of things that I would do, number one on that list would be investing a lot more in R&D. Now, as their attitudes have been changing about this, and they have been over the years, again, I've been talking to them about it internally and some of it publicly as well. Everyone from Jeff Breidich and Bud Black and Dick Monfort on to the people who are actually working in the analytics department. There'd been a shift in attitudes and a recognition that it was something that they needed to do. Then the pandemic hits. We've talked about how these uber wealthy owners all of a sudden just like freeze spending money. And that's what happened. And it looked terrible, but it was never the case that the Rockies just didn't understand that analytics were important. Or maybe it was the case, but like in 2009, right? We, it, we've come a long way since then. And of course, that's all rendered obvious when you look at the hiring of all of these people. If they didn't care, I promise you. Look at the way the owners are talking now, the way Dick Monfort's been talking now. They wouldn't go out and pay all of these people a salary just to appease the fans, just to make it look like they care about analytics. That is not how these owners, and and it's not how Dick Monfort operates. They're paying all of these people to come in and do a job that they know is important. Fact. People can try to spin it as something else just for the cynicism of it. But there's no way of getting around that. So Scott Van Lenten comes in here from the uh, 
Washington Nationals organization, right? Who won a World Series in uh, 2019. And as a team that didn't have all of the built-in resources and advantages that a team like LA or New York or Chicago has, right? So that's a showing that he was able to acquire all kinds of really valuable bit players that helped that Washington Nationals team as much as they had like Anthony Rendon and they had a few star players on that team to be sure. And the pitching staff was just ridiculous. But a lot of that pitching staff was homegrown and developed, right? That's the D part of the R and D, (laughs) research and development. So this is exactly the kind of thing that people have been talking about. Hire somebody from one of these other organizations that's used analytics to overcome the bigger, badder beast. There he is. Actually, you know, invest in the analytics department. Well, not only did they hire Scott Van Lenten, somebody I'm very interested to to get to meet, but they allowed him uh, to bring in or, or they hired in conjunction with that a few other extra people on the R&D staff that are really interesting. Uh, beginning with here, uh, I'll start with Ryan Kelly, who uh, apparently his, his title is Data Architect. Ooh, fun. I like that. Uh, but he comes in after six seasons in Tampa Bay. Now, where have I heard that before? And this is why it's always funny to me, because I, we, you know, we live in this society that's very big on ceremony and celebrity and whoever's at the top of the food chain, right? And so we tend to just put whoever's in charge as responsible for everything that happens. And that's part of what comes with being in charge. You're the GM, you're the head coach, you're the manager. That's what's going to come with it. Or ultimately the owner, if you want to be that way, right? But the reality is, in most of these organizations, these big companies, right? And you know this probably from your own job. The people really doing a lot of the legwork, a lot of the groundwork are these next level down people, right? And that's what we're looking at here with the R&D staff. Sure, Bill Schmidt's ultimately going to be making the calls, but he's going to be making those calls based on the information provided to him by these folks that we're talking about now. And it's an entirely fresh group of people with fresh ideas. So that's you know what people wanted when they said, well, why didn't they go out and hire a different GM? Well, it's not a monarchy, right? GMs aren't kings. They're the head of a kind of internal democracy. And yes, it's like being the president where ultimately, you know, you make that final decision, but there's a whole Congress you've got to operate with. And that's who these guys are. And so Ryan Kelly coming over from the Tampa Bay organization, bringing data analysis knowledge from probably the best data analysis, not even probably from the best data analysis organization of the last six years is of course a very good sign And that does change the kind of information, the kind of options that are even going to cross the general manager's desk in the first place. You've also got, and I'm sorry if I, uh, if I butcher this name, I'm going with Tehua Hong. Uh, I hope I was close, a data engineer uh, who used to do computer engineering for the South Korean government. I had to double check that I read that one, right? Uh, From both uh, the Denver Post, our, our friends, Patrick Saunders. And uh, Thomas Harding 
over at uh, MLB.com. So reading through that, I was like, yeah, 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 okay. He was with the South American government, but he also has some history in baseball. I think that's going to be really interesting as well. I I hope I get a chance to meet all of these folks. But uh, again, these are people who are coming in and taking over, if I may, sort of like or big boy jobs. They're not even taking over jobs. These are new jobs that the Rockies didn't have before. And this is really important. Um, another name, uh, Isaac, I'm, I'm good with. I'm going to say Gerhard Heinz, uh, hyphenated Gerhard Heinz, Gerhard Heinz, uh, worked with Van Lenten in Washington. So uh, he's going to be apparently redesigning the internal website that the Colorado Rockies use in order to process all of their information. And this, again, might sound something like, well, okay, whatever, that, that's so small. But I, I, I've tried to talk about this a lot because there's a huge difference between being able to get a whole lot of good information and being able to communicate a whole lot of good information. I have been of the belief for the last five or six years, actually, that the Rockies analytics team is largely on the right track. Like they've figured a lot of things out in the last five or six years. That's part of the reasons why the pitching staff is so good and and has been sort of consistently so. And even some of the people they've managed to acquire, like say Austin Gomber, the early returns are good, right? I think that's all the results of lots of things they've learned about the type of player that can or cannot be successful at Coors Field. But I also think that They've missed a ton of opportunities to maximize that by not organizing it well. And I've, I've talked to or communicating it well. I've talked to a lot of players about this, you know, of like, oh, yeah, it took me like three or four years for it to really sink in that I needed to take an, a, a different approach when I'm at the plate out on the road than I can at home. I just I have to do that here. And, you know, some players don't get two or three years to figure that kind of stuff out. And so. Well, you might look past something like, oh, someone's going to make the website easier to navigate for the players. Because everyone goes onto this same system, right? The players, the data analytics people in the front office, and all that information and stuff is there. So if you're Charlie Blackman and you want to get a scouting report, if it's really cumbersome or, or difficult to read or you don't understand, the data might be great. But if you go and sit down or you're a young player like Brendan Rodgers, and you're like, I have no idea what this data is telling me to do, then you've only done half the step, if anything at all, right? And so I think that this position, and, you know, again, with the history of success of uh, in Washington, that Isaac should be able to dramatically improve that particular element because the Rockies have to do unique things in order to be successful. But you need buy-in. You have to convince players that they need to do things slightly differently. And if they buy in and they do it and the communication is good, you create Scott Oberg, right? And if they don't, if they can't buy in, if it doesn't make any sense, if they can't adjust their game well enough, then you get countless pitchers who've come through. The Jeremy Guthrie, I didn't name pick a pitcher who was supposed to be quality or was good somewhere else and came to the Rockies and wasn't, right? They also brought in Al Gilbert as the new director of baseball operations. Uh, Comes out of the Los Angeles Dodgers organization. So again, they're going out and poaching from the most successful 
organizations. And he is apparently going to come in and help them with payrolls, uh, payroll rules and roster management. I find this one interesting because this is something, again, that I feel like the Rockies need to be better at and the Dodgers have been excellent at, which is creative roster manipulation. And, you know, the Rockies have been a much more just straight-laced organization in terms of putting players on the IL or sending players back and forth from AAA or stashing guys for you know contract reasons. And a lot of that can be, frankly, a little gross as we sit here in, in the middle of a lockout in a CBA and talking about whether or not it's fair to players, and it's not. But it does help teams get the most out of the roster over the course of of a season and it's not something the Rockies have done well in the past so the fact that they're bringing in somebody who's coming from the organization who's done it the best is again a big thing how big of a thing it can be all of this is going to have to play out but that one I find really really interesting you've got Ethan Moore who spent the past two seasons with the Minnesota Twins and is also going to be in the R&D department and Brittany Haby who worked with the Rockies for the last four seasons uh, who's who's one of the people that they're advancing through that. And so she's going to be in advanced scouting as well. That's a whole lot of people getting paid full-time salaries to work in a in an office or on a problem or in ways that they really haven't had over the last couple of years. And, so, and, and yes, there's a certain amount of this, like, great, they're, they've caught up to other teams. They, they haven't gained an advantage. They've just maybe maybe gotten rid of a disadvantage still a good thing they're still like again you can try to spin this as not a positive but getting rid of a disadvantage is also a positive for your team it just it just is so uh i think those are all the main ones that i've got here on my notes was there anything else i've talked before about the sterling monfort thing that's really not a thing sterling monfort's been the assistant director of scouting for like Six years, the director of scouting moved on. He got promoted to the next job up. I get his name is Sterling Monfort. I get it doesn't look great, but he's actually very good uh, at his job. And he is a really good communicator. Something that his his father, as I've said many, many times, is not. But, uh, you know, I, I saw in the Denver Post that Bill Schmidt gave this quote about Sterling, said he has really good baseball skills. I know for a fact that there are many other teams that would hire him. He's a good baseball man. And again, I I get when people have like a general distrust of Rockies things, but Bill Schmidt is not a BSer. He, he's not just going to come out and flat out lie to you. And I would challenge anyone who just rolls their eyes at stuff like that or just automatically thinks that something like this is BS to find a history of it with this guy because that's not how he operates. And so, you know, I I get some of the anger and negativity around the Sterling Monfort thing, but I really don't think it's bad at all. Like I, I would, again, I would challenge people who are upset about it to get into any of the specifics because they can't. It's just that it looks bad and it does look bad, but I care how things are, not how they look. So, to wrap it up, the departures, Jeff Breidich out as GM, John Weil, Zach Wilson, and Dominic DeRico out in the front office. They were previously in player development. Uh, Zach Wilson had been the farm director for a while. Uh, I'm a big fan of Zach Wilson. I I wish him 
nothing but the best in whatever he goes on to do. Uh, only met John Weil a couple of times, uh, but always enjoyed our conversations as well. I actually always had good conversations with Jeff Breidich too, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Uh, as you know, probably Greg Fiesel was promoted to executive vice president and the chief operating officer. Basically, he's just uh, the the guy in char- charge of money stuff and Coors Field stuff and uh, the business end of, well, the business, right? Uh, Bill Schmidt promoted to GM. Danny Montgomery, who's been with the team, I think, forever as the special assistant to the GM. Uh, he's a really smart, really interesting guy. Uh, Zach Rosenthal, one of the smartest baseball men that I've ever met, remains in the front office. Uh, and then you've got some of these other additions. I mentioned Scott Van Lenten, Al Gilbert, Emily Glass. Is uh, Hopefully you can get over to the Denver Post or a few other places that have written stories about Emily Glass, who joined the Rockies in November as a scouting operations administrator. Uh, she is the first like primary... like. The, woman to be a, a scout and in, 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 in scouting operations uh, for the Colorado Rockies. Really great story there. Uh, and, and some of these other people that I've listed off. Of course, the last one uh, that I want to talk about is Clint Hurdle, who, again, I, I think a lot of people are kind of looking past or just have resigned themselves to anything that looks like good news. Well, it probably won't matter anyway for the Rockies. And so Clint Hurdle's not even going to have an impact anyway. And so why does it all matter? But again, at the absolute worst, it's a neutral move, right? Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe you're right. And maybe that's true about all of these things. Maybe they just don't matter, but they almost certainly will. And Clint Hurdle, I think is right in that category you know there's been a lot of conversation about what does a special assistant to the gm really do uh he said he's going to have an emphasis on player development but really clint hurdle is just going to be another philosophical voice in the room who can help guide the front office who can help guide young players who can bring a kind of best of both worlds mentality to the table where he knows you've got to do things differently in Colorado to succeed, but he also knows that there's been an insular ideology and a bit of an isolationism going on here in Colorado, and they need some new ideas, and they need to think about some things that have been successful in other places. And that's what I really love about this team other than you know the one person who came from the Dodgers which if you're going to get someone from the Dodgers getting someone who knows how to manipulate the books is is the right person to get but all these other folks they're coming from Tampa Washington Minnesota Clint Hurdle's got experience in Pittsburgh and Texas and Colorado and these are not organizations that can just fall back on their brand or their resources or their history in order to be successful, right? They had to, in order for Clint Hurdle to go to the postseason a bunch of times with the Pittsburgh Pirates, they had to think outside the box. And in order for him to go to back-to-back World Series with the Texas Rangers, they had to do some thinking outside the box. You know, Clint Hurdle's given a whole lot of credit for... Josh Hamilton's, you know, resurgence there for a while when winning an MVP. In fact, twice Clint Hurdle 
has taken over a gig where a player was already there. And right after Clint Hurdle took over that gig, the player won MVP. Josh Hamilton and Andrew McCutcheon both did this. And, you know, it, it was a longer timeline, but if the voting had been fair in 2007, Matt Holiday would have won MVP. As a very young player, thanks in no small part to the tutelage, love using that word, of Clint Hurdle. So Clint Hurdle has a track record of being able to get the most out of young, especially potential star players, right? Guys that haven't reached their maximum potential yet, but have star written all over them. Well, are there any players on the Colorado Rockies currently who match that description? Well, there's about 12 of them. <laughs> let's let's put the pitchers aside for a second, though, because I don't know how much he... I don't, but that, that's another thing we talked about right in the Bud Black conversation about how Buddy works really, really well with the pitchers. The history suggests, though, that maybe he's not always the best manager for getting the most out of his hitters. Well, Clint Hurdle's had some pretty fantastic offensive teams in Texas, Colorado, and Pittsburgh, and some pretty fantastic position players. So who can he get his knowledge into? Who does he get his teachings into? How about a little Ryan McMahon? How about a little Brendan Rogers? A couple of players with star potential who haven't quite maximized it yet. How about a Ryan Altapia? How about Garrett Hampson and Sam Hilliard? And Dom Nunez and Elias Diaz? Basically, the team is made up of players who have a great deal of potential but haven't gotten there yet. And not a, not everyone does. In fact, most, you know, ball players, it's hard to fully maximize your potential because all of your athleticism is always going to be hampered by your ability to hit a curveball or not or lay off the curveball or not, right? There's always that technical element of the game. But getting yourself mentally prepared, again, that's why I bring up the Josh Hamilton example and the Andrew McCutcheon example. Clint Hurdle is phenomenal at getting these types of players mentally prepared. And mental preparation is a huge part of being successful at Coors Field. I've talked to the members of that 2007 team, like Spielborgs and Sullivan and, and some of these guys when they've come back, Josh Fogg over the years. And they'll all tell you that the reason they won all those games is because they believed they were going to win all of those games. And not just like in an oh, in an unspoken sort of way. No, like out loud, they were saying things like, who's going to win the ball game for us tonight? We're going to win. Just who's going to win it tonight? There's an attitude and a mentality that you need. In baseball in general, but certainly in, at Coors Field, when you're going to lose games, you just don't deserve to lose because of dumbass luck. And you've got to be able to regroup and be better. And I think having Clint Hurdle around, I think having all of these voices in the room where Jeff Breidich, who just was a divisive figure in a lot of ways, and the people who were closest with him are gone. And it is a new era. You just, again, it's like other than Dick Monfort selling the team, which isn't going to happen, which was never going to happen, which wasn't on the table. There's a new GM. There's a new R&D staff. There's a new scouting director. Everything is new. Everything is different. 
it's complete turnover in the front office from top to bottom other than the owner. And so I get why people feel like not a lot has changed, but everything has changed. The frustrating part, of course, and this is just sports, is that we won't know how much or whether or not it's really changed for the better or whether or not these are all lateral moves until they can do something, right? Until they can make the team better and be consistently better. But I think this team, from Clint Hurdle and Bill Schmidt and Bud Black to Scott Van Lenten on down to all these new people we talked about today, to the coaches who've been around for a while, I'd still like to see a, a new hitting coach. But I think the team they've got in place is a hundred times more promising than the way the front office has been constructed, quite frankly, in a very long time. Even at the end of like the Dan O'Dowd era, when it was Dan O'Dowd and Bill Guyvet at the same time, like the structure of the front office has not made sense in a while. Under Jeff Breidich, the structure of the front office was fine, but it wasn't highly functional. There was just too much tension between the front office and players, and sometimes between front office and other parts of the front office. And now, like Bill Schmidt just doesn't have that. And these new people, obviously, well, they're new, so they're going to have to get to know everybody. And I think this is going to be a fresh start for everyone involved. And I think the organization needs that. So while I get there are fans out there who feel like it, this is all same all same all. I'm sorry, but I could not disagree more. This is a new era of Colorado Rockies baseball. And it's going to be a difficult start to it. You can't just press refresh on the entire franchise, right? They still have the roster they have. They still have the issues they have. They need to rebuild their farm system. All of the those problems are obviously still there. But the people in charge of solving those problems are different people. And they ought to be given a fair chance to solve those problems. And we ought to judge them on the merits of each one of those individual decisions. Unfortunately, there's a lockout right now. So they can't sign any contracts or or show any sort of big development in spring training until we get past that, right? So hopefully the owners can just knock it off, accept the player's next offer and we can all get on and play a little bit of baseball but Rockies fans this is something to be hopeful about this is something to feel good about and I feel like if you spend four or five years saying they got to get rid of that guy they got to get rid of this team they got to bring in new ideas and fresh blood and all this stuff and then they do that all of those things you got to give them credit and a chance. So let's see what happens next. Watch this space, yeah? All right, thanks everyone for listening in. You've been absolutely awesome out there. You know that I've been absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger 
for the ones who get it done.